If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za. I guess let's start off just by understanding um, not only the realms of fraudulent activity, but how, uh, you know, typically when we think of fraud, we think of um, transactions in corporate South Africa, um, mm. fraud at banks or other institutions. But when it comes to the romantic or personal scenarios, it becomes a bit tricky there. So maybe help us understand the scope, uh, the coverage, uh, and also helping us understand how prevalent it is in a market like South Africa. Yes, thank you for that. Um, we, we make a t- distinction with fraud and scams on the basis that we believe that a scamster has really developed the art of convincing people um, to either fraud a lot, uh, to part with their banking details, or to invest in a product that doesn't exist. Um, so you as a consumer become part of the transaction. Um, and these scammers, as I mentioned, has perfected the art to convince us that we we are doing the right thing by providing them with money. So, so that is, to me, the, the total difference. And I would like to maybe just focus on that part because I think that is where we as consumers fall for it. Or we, you know, we get a call from the bank, which we believe to be from the bank, to say that somebody is trying to defraud you um, and if we will send you a one-time pin, and if you just give us that pin, mm. then you will, um, we will put the money in a safe account. And meantime, when you give that pin, you know, the money goes into their bank account. Um, so so, so that, that is a convincing part. And they use various tactics, and they're really professional in what they do. Um, but they use tactics to convince us uh, to part with information and or money. Mm, definitely. And I think this is so true. Vishing, phishing, um, uh, the, all these different tactics, as you say, to solicit your personal data and information. Uh, I'm keen to also talk about some of the other tactics that do exist when it comes to the modus operandi. I understand that there's a, a series of examples that prove to be quite prominent that we've witnessed in South Africa. Uh, talk us through some yes. of them. Yes, absolutely. I, I think the, the most prevalent ones is the romance scams. We see definitely investment scams. We see the, the, the one that I am uh, experiencing currently is where people are enticed to buy precious stones um, from uh, from uh, bordering countries, and then uh, somebody from uh, from abroad will come and buy it from you. So we see that kind of scam building. Um, uh, the the person then who you know, the consumer who's falling for it will buy these precious stones uh, at a bargain, if I can call it that. Um, it won't be real. It will always come with a very good, detailed uh, certificate of authentication. Um, and then there would be a range of payments that the person needs to make. Or the person who wants to buy it says, oh, no, no, we, we don't want... 100 of them, we want 400, so buy more and buy more. So, so that kind of tactics that we see, um, that, that happens. Mm. But, uh, but romance scams, I think, is a, is a very delicate point in the sense that people who are falling for the romance scam feel, they feel ashamed and they feel that they, they should have known better or they question their judgment. 
And my message to them is please don't mm-hmm. because uh, online dating is definitely the way to go forward in this in, in the world. Um, but we need to be aware and alert of the tactics which are used uh, in, in the scams. And you are, if you fell for it, it's because you really dealt with a professional person. And you mentioned one of your listeners mentioned the Tinder Swindler scenario. I mean, these are people are really, really, really professional in how they approach people. Hundred percent, and I think you're also mentioning a very important point that um, the, th- the theme, as well, is is where people are very professional to such an extent that they actually ga- gather personal information about you. So by the time they meet you, uh, it sounds familiar. It sounds as though they've done a background check, or from a reputable institution that actually has and knows this information about you. Is this also something we need to be cognizant of? Yes, and especially you know we've seen significant data breaches in the in the last couple of years in South Africa, and. That, those are literally fraudsters harvesting information and building profiles. Um, I can tell you what, if I maybe can just give a little bit on the, on the romance scam for, for the modus operandi that we see is that the person comes in, builds a relationship for quite a while, for like two or three months um, before they start saying, oh my gosh, my sister is uh, not well, or my kids need money and my account was frozen, mm. can you assist? So, so there's definitely the confidence building in the beginning of a relationship, and then the drama starts, and that's when the money needs to flow. Another modus operandi which I experience is after a while, the person on the, on the other end of the, the line will say, I've sent you a handbag, and I popped, I popped in uh, 20,000 euro or 30,000 euro, um, but, and I couriering it to you. And lo and behold, not long after that, the courier company will say, listen, we received a package, but we need two or 3,000 rand courier cost. Hmm. Or, or they, and they add it to a customs, from a customs department. So you receive this money and you just need to pay another two or three thousand rand for the customs duty on this. And if you, you know, expecting 20,000 euros, you think, oh, that's not the end of the world. Um, but that is typically the scanning which I'm, which I'm talking about. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned this because uh, naturally it does speak to pers- personal behaviors and personal relationships because, uh, and this is the way it gets difficult, I imagine, money, when you have to follow through with such kind of investigations where uh, you understand that there might be an emotional connection and a need and how someone will try to show up for their partner or significant other, um, but then you're managing mm. the financial consequences of it. So help us understand, do these kind of uh, scams actually fall under the realm of criminal activity that can be investigated and where people can get their money back? Because I guess that's the challenge for many South Africans when you realize you've been scammed and now mm, you want your mm. money back, but you need to provide a lot of proof to substantiate your argument, right? Yes, and I think the person needs to be caught first. You know, so <laughs> the, the chances that somebody, I mean, you wouldn't know who this person is. The identity is, is concealed. You don't, you don't know where they live. Um, the only thing that you truly can can have maybe is a cell phone number or a email address or a bank account number and 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 hence the it becomes important to report those because we run uh, deep analysis on it and and find links with different uh, syndicates 
Um, but besides that, uh, they, you know, you, you, the police wouldn't know where to start to investigate um, because the person could sit in, in somewhere in Sweden. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really a, a very difficult thing. There are more uh, precautions that I would suggest people take um, and, sure. and try to stop it before, before it happens. You know, and, and if I can maybe share some of those, yeah, um, I do think if you, if you have got access to some uh, background checks that you can do or police clearance, um, do, you know, do that. But not all of us have access to that. Um, I would suggest you meet somebody in an open space uh, very quickly after you meet if you really want to take this more serious. Um, you know, meet in a restaurant, meet in a, in a place where you're you are feeling safe. Um, and that that becomes difficult if somebody, if you met somebody, for instance, in overseas and you're just chatting online. Um, what I would suggest is, uh, and this is a free service to consumers, um, is that you download the Secure Citizen uh, application um, and there's a product called Verifyum. Uh, where okay. you provide your information um, on the uh, and, and is verified against the Department of Home Affairs, and the other person has to verify their information, and then you get a tick to say this person verified to the person who he said he is, and that is uh, kind of the things I would I would rather do to prevent this from happening. In, in my mind, if anybody asks you for money. Uh, yes. In this relationship or earlier relationship, I will run a mile. Hundred percent, and that does make sense when you when you um, um, do take a look at the risks. I've just looked at this uh, website, verifyhim.com. I, I do see that it uh, is an international website. Does this work in South Africa as well? Um, yeah, the the one I mean is it's, it's an application, it's an app on on uh, on the app store, and it's called Secure Citizen, um, and and Verifyhim is a product of Secure Citizen. Perfect. I'm glad and, it, you... and it's a free, it's a free of charge service. Perfect. I see it. Digital identity verification. Okay, so we have there some we solutions. Go. So before you go out on that first date, the third date, and start asking about money, maybe uh, many South African singles can use this. I'm glad that you've highlighted money as well. That uh, typically recourse is difficult to find because you need to be a lot more cautious in the beginning. And I'm keen to understand if there have been cases, perhaps that have been investigated, where people have been found, um, and where legal recourse uh, um, takes place. Yeah, they, they're few and far between. Um, we had the ancestry scams um, where the scammers uh, were enticing consumers to go to uh, Sangoma um, and, and uh, money was doubled. And, and there, you know, people were caught in the act um, and it becomes easier. But if you are willingly... Uh, depositing money in somebody's bank account, it really becomes very difficult for any authority to 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 uh, get even the guy from the tender swindler. Mm. He he he's walking he's walking free. 
Mm-hmm. With a whole documentary and a movie made about him, that that really brings up some challenges. Uh, but exactly. I'm glad that you've given us some insight on this. But Manny, I guess to close off with, uh, to to move the scope beyond um, scams and romantic scams that take place, uh, maybe if we can just focus a lot more on the mandate of, of your operations and your business as a whole, given that you are the South African Fraud Prevention Service. Uh, I'm keen to understand any particular positioning that you have for 2024 to pick up on lessons from from the year that passed uh, and are we seeing at least some Mm. reduction in overall fraudulent activity that might be taking place in South Africa? We we don't unfortunately we saw uh, over a 30% increase in the amount of fraud incidents being reported to to us and just for context purposes we're a not-for-profit organization that runs uh, a database for, for, for uh, banks and retailers, for people who are trying to defraud them. And then secondly, as a free of charge service to consumers, if you want to add a layer of protection on your identity, and we call that uh, protective registration, oh. and uh, I would entice people to go to our uh, website on www.safps.org.za, and look at protective registration where you add a layer of protection to your identity and you will also get our email link um, on that website where you can read more about scams. 100%. I'm on your website right now. I'm actually seeing this uh, um, um, fraud prevention and uh, tr- protection of your identity. I'm keen to understand how does it work? What do we need to have um, so that we, we can encourage more South Africans to be mindful of protecting the identity? Yes, people need a smartphone um, and they need a copy of the identity. So they take a photo of themselves, they take a photo of the ID. We take those photographs and we verify it against the Department of Home Affairs. And then we realize we're working with a true consumer. Um, And we as SAFPS then provide them with a, a letter with a reference number. And when they apply for credit, um, say, or service at one of the members, which are the banks and the retailers, the, the bank will pause that transaction and say, mm-hmm. uh, we believe you added a layer of protection and provide us with a letter from SAFPS or that reference number. And then they verify that again with us. So in that pause of a transaction lies the protection. Um, whether if a fraudster applied for, for the same service, he wouldn't be able to provide that specific reference number. 100%. 100%. This is so informative, Money. You have an intriguing job. Uh, you almost have to be two <laughs> steps ahead of the crooks, hey? So if they're smart, you are obviously much smarter. <laughs> well, we try. <laughs> we try. But they get smarter every day. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll certainly touch base on some of those trends and uh, I guess some nuances we've seen. But truly appreciate your time this evening, Money, and even equipping us as South Africans to uh, heighten our own uh, protection of our identity, just to make sure that we also put in a layer of safety there. Thank you so much. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.